Hallelujah. Good morning. I'm not taking over. I'm just going to speak for a few minutes. Uh, Brother David is my dad, and he asked me to share just a little bit. First of all, we just want to say thank you all for inviting us, and thanks for coming. And It's just, to me, it's cool when you can worship and do church with people you, you really don't even know. I know Brother Daniel's team, but most of you that have come, I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's just beautiful that God is big enough that we can go somewhere where it's like, hey, let's go worship God. Well, who's going to be there? I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's, that's really cool. You know, sometimes you can get into probably some weird places and you're like, whoa, that's not what I thought was going to happen. But thankfully, Brother, Brother Daniel's got it all under control. It's, it's going very well. Um, my wife and I and my kids, actually, grandkids now. I know I don't look old enough, but yeah. <laughs> that joke never gets old to me. <laughs> we work in Mexico also, and we have the privilege, I say, the task of trying to help change a nation. And it's, it's a lot. Because uh, we were recently in the country of Belize and they have about 400 something thousand people. And I was thinking, well, God, you could have had us start somewhere like there. That, surely that's easier. Mexico's got 120 million people. And Apparently, most of you live in the United States, so you're looking at over 300 million people. And the reason why I talk like that is because many people say, well, I'm not in ministry. Well, what are you in? <laughs> this isn't a train we're riding where you just paid your ticket and you're just sitting in the back. It's called the walk of faith. It's called the good fight of faith. You're on the ground. You're surrounded by enemies. And most of us are following the world and we're looking for a safe space. And, and, and that's a desire we probably all have, but that's not in the scriptures. I was uh, reminded this morning, my dad said, hey, I want you to talk a little bit. And I was all of a sudden like 18 different verses came to my mind. And I was like, Lord, I don't know which one you want me to say. You just dropped a bunch in. So we'll try to cram a bunch in in a few minutes. But... Where we work in Mexico, we go out and look for places where the gospel is not. We, when we come upon a community or a village that has the gospel or has a thriving church, we move on. If we get someone born again and we find out in their town, there's a, there's a good church there. There's a gospel believing people that believe in Jesus Christ and that heal the sick and do all the stuff that we're supposed to do. We just say, here, here's your church. We got you saved, but here's a good place to go because we don't want to cause trouble where we are. We already cause trouble. We don't want to cause trouble for the church too. But then you go further and you find a place where the gospel has not been, it doesn't have a, a plant there. There's, there's not a light shining there. And, and like my dad said last night, we find people who don't even know what the Bible is. And so you can't reference Moses or Noah or Job or anybody. You've got to start with Jesus, and they're like, okay, who's that? Okay. 
So this isn't going to be solved in five minutes. And now, when I was a little bit older than our grandson Fletcher, my parents took me to Mexico. That's how I tell people. I didn't really get a vote. It was not traumatic. Four-year-olds don't care. We want to know when can we play. So that was my thing. My dad moved us to a different nation. I'm like, okay, where can I play? I didn't know that we were entering into a battle. I didn't know that we were entering into a land where there wasn't as much gospel as where we were from. But I've also come to find out that here in the United States, we're probably someone within a mile of right here who don't know what the Bible is. And, and I encourage you to find those people. When you meet someone and they're all antagonistic and they already heard the gospel 18 different ways and they're wanting to debate you, just move on. There's someone who needs you. There's someone who needs you. Peter, at one point, had to have a vision from God. And then the Holy Spirit talked to him. There was angels involved, like Peter was being really hard-headed. He was very racist. He ended up walking into Cornelius' house and he goes, I just want you to know I've never been in some foreigner's home before and I don't like it. Like, okay, well, thanks for coming. And he goes, why am I here? He was a bit grouchy about this call that God had put on his life to enter someone's home who wasn't like him. And that is a hot topic today. Let me just tell you, it has always been that way. There's always been people, even Christians, who don't want to step into the neighborhood that don't look like them. And our job is to overcome all that. In a lot of places where I've followed my dad, we're not the right anything. <laughs> we went to one community in South Africa where the people who were hosting us tricked us into going. And they said, hey, do you want to go to a township? We're like, yeah, we don't know what that means. We're not from South Africa. And they're like, okay, cool. We didn't think y'all would say yeah. We're like, okay. We get there that night, and from the car to the church building, they had lined up all the ushers to where we're in, like, this tunnel. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And they take us to a back room, and you're kind of locked in this room. And then we go out into the church, and there were three of us on the trip, and we were the only three that were this tone that I am. The rest of them were Africans. And when we walked in, it was like... Everybody turned at once. It felt like you were in a, one of those bad movies. And they sang and they worshiped. And then my dad got invited up and it was like a pin could drop and you could hear it. And he preached and he invited people to come down for salvation or for healing just like last night. And nobody moved. He was like, come on down. And finally, this really tall. He was tall, older fella. He comes walking down there, and you could tell he was sick. He wasn't well. And he just kind of come walking down like, I don't know. Like, you could tell he had fear. And my dad isn't a hugger too much. And he's right here. I'm not talking anything. It's just I'm not either, so don't try it. Uh, I will sometimes if, you know, the Holy Spirit does the vision like Peter and all that. It's, it takes a lot. It does. 
But my dad just reaches up and bear hugs this guy. And I was looking up, there's a miracle right there. <laughs> it's just not something that we do too often. In Mexico, the culture isn't the people that we work with. They're not very affectionate to people outside of their family. And even that, you don't see it. They see it at home. It's a private thing. And so that's how I grew up. And my, my dad just reaches up and, and, and when he hugged that guy, it broke. All of a sudden, the altar is flooded. We had so many people. We're smashed up against the platform. The, the deaf started getting healed. The blind see. The, the old man got healed. And, and then all of a sudden, we're done praying. And our host was like, all right, we got to go. And we get in the car. And we're going down these city streets at like 80 miles an hour. We get up on the interstate. We're going like 100 miles an hour. And he's like sweating. He goes, thank you all so much for going to the township. And we're like, dude, Spill. He's like, okay, well, seven years ago was the last time white people went into that township and they got killed. Thank you. Thanks for telling us now. But they said, we thought maybe that what you guys bring could do something to try to help with this tension, with this murder, with this evil that's trying to divide our peoples. And I was like, well, at least next time, give me a heads up so I can do a little more praying. <laughs> but then we were invited the next night to the next township over because they heard about these white people that aren't afraid to hug the black people. And it was just amazing. The next night, there were like two or 3,000 people shoved in this theater. I don't know how they fit that many people in there. I know we broke the fire codes. <laughs> but it was a spectacle. And these people that were so poor that had grown up in apartheid where there was a great separation between the races, that was the first time in their lifetime they had seen someone not of their race show affection or care or love. And that's what Peter was being trained by God to do. And so Peter came to the conclusion and he said it. He goes, I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that fears God and works righteousness is accepted. So a lot of people are wondering, does God accept me? Did God choose me? And, and I have something to say that I, there's some different teachings out there that says God has to choose you first. And I'm sure they have their verses for it. But here, Peter says, in every nation, God is looking for the ones who fear him and are working righteousness. And this was right after the angel appeared to Cornelius and said, God has seen what you have done, his prayers and his good deeds. God saw that and he sent Peter, who was very reluctant to go because wrong tribe, wrong nation, wrong everything. And Peter was like, I don't really want to go. But he was also taught a wonderful lesson. And we've, we are able to step in basically all over the world now, again, wrong everything, and, and watch God work. There's so many places where we've gone that we should have been killed statistically, and I don't know how many angels it took, but we were able to walk out of there. In many of the places we go in Mexico, it isn't always about race. Sometimes it's about, because these places are held by rebel groups or they're held by the cartels or different things that if you look in the natural, you shouldn't be able to go in there and come back out. But God has a mission for us. He has us 
as a part of the team that are looking for these people that are trying to fear God, that are trying to look what, what does righteousness look like? They don't know. And how can they know except someone tell them? And so our entire task is that. And many people are like, man, I'm glad God chose you for that. I'm yet to find a verse where it's only certain people that get to do that. Now, it may be varying degrees. You may not be full time, but you should be doing stuff with God. Wherever you are, whoever you are. Well, I don't know if I was sent out. Jesus said, go you into all the world and preach the gospel. That's, that's all you need. If someone says, what are you doing? Jesus sent me. That's all you need. It's that simple. We make it so complicated. But the gospel is simple. It is simple. Of course, there are complicated things. And I tell my dad all the time because we deal with so many problems. We're now into the third and fourth generation of people that we were able, my dad first, when I was a kid, led them to Jesus, the grandfathers. And then the kids were raised in the gospel. The grandkids were raised. Now great grandkids are raised in the gospel. We have that in our family right here in this room. And now we're having to deal with some of the problems of church because now you got people raised in the gospel that don't know the pressure and the oppression that was in sin. Now you got kids that are growing up saying, hey, I'm stuck in church. I want to go out and see the world. No, you don't. And so I tell my dad, I just want to get people saved and healed. He goes, that's great, son. But God also wants us to take care of all this. And so I think a lot of times people are afraid to step into working with God because they don't want to deal with the garbage part. You want to go get someone saved on the street and then say, vaya con Dios. That's good. I got you saved. Go find a church and find someone who will take care of you. That person is you because Jesus said in Matthew, go and make disciples. So if you get someone saved, according to what I see the rules of the New Testament, you have just made yourself responsible for them. And you're like, well, that's the last time I'm going to do that. <laughs> well, we're kind of commanded to do that. And so that's what we do to, to boil it down to very simple God called us to Mexico to do it there. And you may say, well, I don't, haven't seen any angels. I haven't. Okay, we'll just do it here then. Do it here. You'll look in the, in the New Testament specifically, the people that had joined Jesus, they would begin to do stuff and all of a sudden it would say, and the Spirit would tell them to go do that. But they started doing stuff at home first. And I would just encourage you, I don't know you, so it's not a rebuke, it's an encouragement. Whatever you're doing, do more. Because the world is in a bad way right now. We are being ridiculed for our faith in Jesus Christ in basically the whole world. And all I have to say is, ridicule on. I believe. I believe because God is real and salvation is real. And what we're into is real. This isn't fake. This isn't... Something that we're going to find out later was like, oh, that was a waste of time. This is not a waste of time because people are being healed. People are being changed. Lives are being set free. And we want you to be a part of that. Start where you are and then let God begin to guide you. 
And don't ever say, well, I wasn't really called into ministry. That, that ship has sailed. <laughs> you came today and you shouldn't have heard those words. You're now responsible <laughs> for what I have told you. I have commissioned you to win your neighborhood to Jesus. Because God, through Peter, let us know that in every nation, there are people that God is ready to accept. They just don't know the way yet. And you're going to be in, in the location and they're going to look at you and say, do you know the way? And you're going to say, actually, I do. Let's walk together. Let's do it for Jesus. So that's what I wanted to say. I'm going to turn it over to my dad. God bless you. All right. One, two, three, one, two, three. You good, Mom? Hmm? I'm good. You want to say anything? No, sir. Well, give me a kiss. Thank you. Holy Ghost. How y'all? Good? Did y'all rest okay? I did all right. I don't sleep much. I apologize. I'm not that guy. I don't sleep much. So, so then, Holy Ghost. I also want to say thank you to the Alabaster team and uh, for letting us come. We, uh, I was supposed to be um, between trips here. Uh, we're going a few, couple of days. We're going to New Zealand. I'll be going and uh, be in Auckland just in a couple of days. And then from there, we're hopping over to Australia and be all over that country, I guess, for a while. And uh, it just, Brother Daniel sent me a thing, said, look, we're going to do a, a conference, could you, could you please come? The dates were, for me, ideal. I mean, I, I had already set my schedule, uh, mine thing runs out like a year and a half. So, so uh, I just want to say thank you all for letting us come. Thank you, like Jody said, thanks for your time, all of you. Uh, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not a very uh, public affection human being. I don't see where it's any business, personally. Um, I love Ms. Hogan. That's, that's enough affection. So uh, there you go. Okay, so, uh, and I'm not easy to get to know. You can ask Brother Daniel. They've been working on it for a long time, and I'm real... Hold your distance, person. Let me observe you for about 30 years. <laughs> and I still get run over by failure and lies. Oh, man, it's a mess. Okay, so uh, he was over there talking, and it brought up in my mind, I wasn't going to say this, but I am. Because uh, I like, what I like uh, is not the same thing you like. I don't like Starbucks at all. I wouldn't, you, you'll never hand me a Starbucks cup. <laughs> okay, so I'm not against anything. I'm for Jesus, so there you are. Understood? All right. So that does separate me out of the herd a little bit. So, but I like to go places. You heard him. First of all, I'm an American. That's 
right now a negative on the planet. Second, I'm white American. Third, I'm white male American. Fourth, I'm white male American Christian that loves Jesus. So all four of those things in lots of places is a death sentence. Okay, so that gets things more complicated. So what I like to do is I like to hear about these locations where, where I am threatened for all of those reasons. And to me, that's an invitation to go preach. So, so I'm serious. I really accept a lot of invitations based on the percentage of death opportunities. Because... I am not to fear. You are not to fear anyone for any reason ever. Now, the AK-47s, machetes can do their job on my skin. But first, it has to get there so it can do its job. That's where God comes in and all his protection. So I want to, one of my favorite things to do, I'm going to, as soon as I get back from Australia, I do have a 10 day break and then I'm going straight over to South Africa again. Um, we'll be going to eight different nations this time. Uh, Luis and Corbin will be there with us. Uh, um, uh, but my, my favorite thing to do uh, over there it's not the mass churches. There's some really big churches. I have invitations. I don't accept them. It's not that. If I want big numbers, I can go to my own work. We have churches of 10,000. I, I just got back one of our churches, and I was in it the other day. It was 10,000 people, and I, was, I prayed for four hours till I was exhausted and went home. I never, we don't think we prayed for everybody. It don't seem like, doggone, there's so many people. And we just got that church back, and it's big. And if I wanted that, that's what I'd, people, at least I could speak the language. But, but what I like, oh boy, this is, this is so politically controversial. What I like is the refugee camps. From all the people from war countries that, that, where genocide has taken place, and they flee to where they think they're, whatever they got left of their families will have a space where they can breathe without getting a machete on the neck. And so when you, when you, when you, when the United Nations and all these people are trying to, I'm not against any of that stuff. I'm not, but, but it's basically you, they fled from their homeland because of war. And, and there's these nations that cannot take the stress of 50,000 people in their economy and the food sources. And so they, they pin them in these big pens and call them refugee camps. All right, and so, so me, me, I won't, and, and they won't let me go in there because you got these UN, United Nations soldiers uh, standing at these gates with these really fancy automatic weapons and you walk up there, right? I'm on a mission for Jesus. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, and you get there and these dudes are decked out. They're scary looking. They're, they're more tactically prepared than a SWAT team. I mean, they're scary. And they're big old put together guys. And they go, you can't go in there. We cannot protect you. And my, my answer every time is, here's my documents. I'm legal here. Here's my passport. It's legal. Now, open the gate. I ain't asking you to protect me. I'm asking God to protect me. Because inside, you're going to have people that have run. And with them, when they run, there's always a rebel group that runs with them or some sort of witchcraft idea, some sort of bad, uh, some kind of authority you don't want to be around. And it's really amazing. Uh, It's just amazing how people are hated. Uh, I don't hate them. Got no reason to, but, but uh, you listen to me and I'm, I'm, I'm including you in this and it's going to offend you in its own purpose. Let me tell you how I know you hate them because you don't save them. You don't go and show them that you do love them. So that tells me that you do hate them because you're afraid. You're afraid and I resist it and you. Talking about fear. You are not my enemy, but you you are in my life and my world now. You came here not knowing I was going to be here and be this aggressive. I know that. You came here wanting to hear that awesome music and sit there and soak. I know what you want. I know what you want, but the reason you're soaking is not to soak again. And so you can go out there and burn that stuff up, hating on the devil, resisting the enemy, and he will flee from you. Do you hear me? I'm that guy, I'm that soldier that believes in this. I do. But dude, some of y'all are so soaked. You're like a sponge. just leaking out everywhere except where you need to be leaking. (sighs) I'm not frustrated. It's you at all. Just some of you ain't never heard those words in your life. There's just, you need somebody that will care enough for the refugees to incite you to do something. I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want anybody to die. I don't want that. But by you believing you're going to die is believing what hell's saying. You don't know you're going to die. I'm sitting here proof that you can do this stuff and not die. I take my great grandbaby, the littlest one of the bunch here, and we go to cartel held lands. We have to go through their protocol full of automatic weapons and big 20 cows and they go to church with me. Yes, they can die. But look over there on that front row. 
They're not dead. And it's not because I'm smart. I am though. I do calculate, I do think, I do, I have, I have people uh, from, from the Texas border to the Guatemalan border, we have spies that tell us where the movement is and how serious it is. And they tell us current information. Don't take this road, take this road. But you gotta understand that it, it keeps you Hyped up, you know? Okay. And you say, well, I'm not called to that. Well, evidently the whole bunch of you are not. Weird, I don't know how I could be hauled out of the herd by myself. So, I just want to tell you this one story about it. Because I like, I like going up to those 12-foot fences with a, with a Constantina wire and the soldiers and the scary and I like what it feels like when you step through there and they are not coming in there to get you. It's against the law for them to move those guns through those gates. And when you step at foot through that thing, that buddy, you are vulnerable, you are alone. God, you can't, you can't only breathe, your throat's clothes with you, your heart's up in your throat, you're scared, you feel fear. God's the best feeling. Golly, I like that. Man, I like that feeling. <laughs> because if I'm right, if I'm right, and the, the percentages are against it, being right, and, and the odds are against you. But if I am right, it's gonna be a great miracle. Man, I walk in there and I'm looking around and I mean, there's some hate looking back at me. There's fear. They're, these people are scared. They're panicked. They've lost everything, including family. It's horrible, God. It's, it's, it's the, God's horrible. And I don't like it for them. And I can help them. What if just a touch, just, just, a, just a touch, <laughs> if that's all they need to start their road to calm, to peace, to the Holy Ghost, to the fire? And what if I can have the courage to do the touch? What if? What if, what if I can get past my problems, my family, my, our lack, loss, and get into God's world. What if? So we're sitting there, right? And and so they 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 brought this this thing. I'm gonna tell you. I don't even know what to say about it. I, it was not planned on our behalf. The planning we did was to try to get some food to people that were hungry, and and hopefully get a chance to minister to them and lay our hands on them and try to get them healed. That was our plan. And try not to get killed. And uh, so when we got there and, and we said food, good night to people because of any. 
Okay, and so they come in, and it's thousand, several thousand of them, right? And I asked the cook, I said, so that's a lots of people. He said, it is. I said, how much food we got? Because having food, who do you give it to and who do you don't? If you don't have enough, it's just as big a problem as not, not bringing any. Do you hear me? You have to think of these kind of consequences. You know, you go out there with your four little donuts to these homeless people. Which four get the donuts? Because the rest of them are going to kill them for the donuts. So who are you to choose who gets the donut? So you got you to gotta give everybody a donut. So they're cooking. I mean, we got we got two two. We got a, a big column, a big uh, pot of rice. It's it's huge. It must be a hundred and something liters. It's rice. Same thing, beans. Same thing, chicken. And I said, "How many pieces in there?" And they go about three, four hundred. And I look out there, dude, you got trouble. I said, I'm not in this. And I went over, there was one tree and it didn't have any leaves on it, but it made a really good leaning post. Because I got to watch how they're going to handle this because you're going to have a riot. And them soldiers are not going to come get you. Y'all hearing me yet? This stuff's complicated. Because Jesus is the answer. But you throwing a Band-Aid at a cancer is not the solution. Okay, all right. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden the cook walks over to me. He goes, Mr. David? I said, yes, sir. He said, we done the math and you're absolutely correct. I said, all right. So now that the people have seen the food, they've seen your fires, how are we going to get out of this? You know what he said? Come with me. I said, I ain't coming with you nowhere. He said, yes, you are. You got to do it. I said, I'm not taking responsibility. I wouldn't have never brought the food in the first place. I would have just come here with my Bible and preached Jesus to him and went home. Because if you can't feed them all, you don't feed any. You cause a bigger problem. Uh... And so he goes, would you please come help me? I said, because I'm not, I mean, I'll, I believe in doing anything to, for Jesus, but you asking me is a different story. You hear me? I didn't create this problem, you did. So I go over there. And you got all the leadership there, the whole team, because the, they work these uh, refugee camps consistently. And uh, this cook says to me, and I'm looking at what he's pointing at. It's a pot with food in it. He said, <laughs> I said, Okay, so now you believe me. 
that God can do anything. He said, I believe you. I just need you to touch my pots. And see, y'all don't get it. You don't, you don't understand. My hand, look, see the chopped off finger? You see it? You see the scars? You see, that's oil field. I was an oil field worker. Made lots of money. But it, it's costly. You know, you work. It's costly, right? Okay. And so, you know, it's a regular hand of a hardworking person until Jesus touches it. Now, what happens to your normal life when Jesus touches you is you become, you become something called supernatural. And see, and all of y'all looking at me because most of you in here know who I am, you believe that for me, but the problem you have with me is if you love Jesus, I know that about you. How about that? So, so, I called my team over and I said, put your hands on this pot. So I said, and I, some of them got boiling stuff in it, so, you know, just touch the handle. So we laid our hands on these pots. I went back over to my tree. <laughs> I'm just leaning up now, going to watch the circus. Only thing lacking is the popcorn. Because we're going to have a show, buddy. One way or another, there's going to be a show. Well, they started feeding, you know, and it went on for like three hours. And then the cook comes back. He says, I need you again. I said, what for? He said, come. So I walk over there and I look at the pots and they're all full of food. And we just fed 2,300 people. Wait, wait. And we only had 300 pieces of chicken. I said, you fed everybody? He said, but you, you got to get a plate. I said, all right. <laughs> and you know what his problem was? Does anybody know? How do you stop it? <laughs> See, y'all don't understand how to start it, but that's not really a problem for me. I get that. But how do you get God to now stop? Because their food problem is not going to go away. <sighs> so, we got... Several thousand people, Brother Daniel, fed on a 300 people ticket. We had supposedly 300 plates there because they had never had that type of solution where it was more than that. So they, they, they went like 50 plates over what they normally would have, right? But this time it was different. And that's not all. You want to hear some more about what happened? So we stopped it and we gave all the food away to all the people. I, I didn't even eat. I said, no, I'm not touching it. Let them have it. I'll fast till I get home. And so, okay. So then we, we had this huge tent. Okay. So then all, after, after everybody ate, they're, they're willing to listen, right? So here they come in 
And uh, so we're sitting there, and I'm sitting over there waiting, you know, like you saw me, the musicians do their thing. So I'm, I just wait, you know, my turn. So I'm waiting. And this lady walks up. Do I have to say black or can she just be a human? Hello? Because there ain't anybody there white but me. And she goes, uh, she walks up to me. And I mean, she is emaciated. I mean, this lady, I mean, she's just uh, skin draped over a skeleton. I mean, she's, she, I don't even know how she's walking, really. But she's got this little baby. And it as well is emaciated. It, it ain't had, I don't know, it's, it, it was alive, but not by much. So she walks up to me, right? And she thrusts that baby at me. She said, I need you to take this baby. I said, what's wrong with the child? It's got AIDS. Okay. She said, I want you to take my baby because I'm going to die. Would you please take care of my baby? I said, I will. You, you have no idea how I will how you can step into people's lives that you didn't even know before they ate a meal and you never saw them because the crowd looks all the same. It's just one mass until somebody steps out of it. And then they all of a sudden materialize and become a human. Did you hear me? With real problems, real death, real horror. And she thrust that baby into my arms. I took it. And I'm sitting there holding it. You see how I handled the baby? I like it. I like, like that part of life. I'm a really good grandpa. And I'm, I'm looking at this child. It's, it ain't, man, it's got the bugs. It's the whole story. It's horrible. And then the mother backs up. I said, no, no, don't you go somewhere. Wait a minute. Do y'all understand what my responsibility is yet? Anybody know? I have to have, I have to fix her too. Do you hear me? And I reached and got her, buddy, and I pulled her up close. And I'm holding her close. I mean tight. And I got that baby. And I got her. I said, look here, Mom. I'm going to take responsibility for both of you. And she just, of course, went to tears and on and on. And I said, now, what I need you to do is understand that Jesus is going to heal your baby and you. And when I said that is when the hand grenade went off. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, not human. There was, there was something connected in the fire of God when I told her I was going to take... I've experienced that quite a bit in my travels, but I got blown. Boom. Um, it's, it's like the movie where everything's slow motion. You know, it seems like it. She's going that way. The baby's going that way. And I'm going this way. And we're just all like this in the air. Okay. When I woke up, I'm just sitting there just stunned and everybody's freaked. 
I mean, there are people crying. There's, I mean, it's scary. When that kind of energy touches us, it's called supernatural. There's a reason why it's, it's called, because it's above natural understanding and law. And when it comes into, into our world, natural laws don't apply. And then when I come to, there's the woman standing there bawling, holding the child. And she says, I feel better. I said, well, I want to have you checked. Y'all, that day we got 30-something people healed of AIDS. Uh, the wife... The, wife, the, the mama and the baby were two of them. Both of them were healed. And so I, t I found out that she was getting her water out of black water. There isn't any water. So you, instead of starve death, you have to do the black water thing. And y'all don't understand that. Uh, it's horrible, y'all. So I told the people, I said, all right, what's it going to take? for me to fix her life. How much money am I looking at? I want to build her a house. I want to get her some water. I want to, I want to fix her world and that little baby. Because I told her I'd take care of that child. I said, and then I want, to, I want to give that kid an education. And they put out some numbers and they was throwing it back and forth. I said, fine, I'll do it. So the opportunity that I got out of the deal, going through the guns, I got to see God multiply food. I got to see God heal uh, AIDS, blind, deaf, lame. Uh, it, it's, uh, I got to give somebody's life back to them and give a child a life. And you go, everybody goes, well, that was just one woman in one church. Really, I got you. But what if all of us in this room did one? Now we got ourselves a whole neighborhood. And what if everybody we know did one? Then we got us a city. And what if everybody that everybody knows, then we got us a nation. There's a way to fix it, but it's going to take us working. You hear me? I mean that now. Uh, I'm not unique, even though I am. I'm, I, I believe that if I could talk you into, I tried to tell you last night, I need to talk you into this. Because what, what if each one of you was to grab one person, like he said that, you ought to see how big that black fellow was. And I had no idea they had killed the last whites in there. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know, and, and it was, in the first night, it was about 300 people, and they had, in 300 adults, they, none of them had ever seen white man hug a black man. Okay, I didn't know that. It just seemed proper. It's just, I don't know. Like he said, I don't, I'm not that guy, but that, it was right. Are y'all catching on yet? And that next night, he was talking about the thousands of them that showed up. 
You ought to have seen them. They were pulling my clothes off of me. I mean, I, because I let them. I let them handle me, touch me. Uh, and they were getting healed. Just, it's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> you need to let it go. Because <laughs> you can, that's why. Ain't, there ain't one of the fears you have that are valid. That's an anticipated adjustment of hell to stop you. Because they've worked with humans for thousands of years. Ever what you believe the fall of man was, ever since then to now, they've been adjusting humans to their point of view, which is evil. Antichrist. Well, I'm here to change that. We're going to adjust ourselves back toward heaven. You hear me? You hear me or not hearing me? <laughs> I ain't fired one shot. How about that? So let's read a Bible verse so you'll feel churchy. <laughs> Isn't it weird how I don't even know you, but yet I'll look you right in the face and say these things? What kind of human is that? <laughs> what if I'm right? What, what if I really want the kingdom of God established in us instead of the splintered way things are? What if? Huh? Okay, let's look at this. Where are we? Hmm. Does anybody have a, an idea? I'll take that as a no. So then we'll do it my way. This app didn't let me down. Go to Psalms 23. We was in 20 last night. So we'll jump 21 and 22 because I don't have enough time. Okay, okay. Most of you can quote this thing here, Psalms 23. Well, I'm going to do it. Is Amplified okay, Brother Daniel, today? All right. So I want to I adjust this a little bit. I want to adjust us. Turn a few knobs. I'm a mechanic. I ride dirt bikes. I, I have my four-wheel drive. Is the kind you mash the pedal, it jumps off the ground. I like that kind of stuff, right? Okay, so let's, let's tune ourselves up a little. Okay, let's get a little more horsepower going. Okie doke. <laughs> one, one of those refugee camps I went into, this witch doctor, boy, he was mad at me. Man, you ought to heard him cuss me. He could speak great English. Golly, but he was speaking, he would speak English to me, and then he would turn and put it in their language, right? And so there was this big group of these uh, uh, shooter people came. And uh, he brought this guy. The guy was crippled and deaf. And he said to me, if you can heal this guy, we'll listen. I said, well, sad to say I can't do that. And he just went off again. You know, I knew it, I knew it, blah, 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 blah. I said, hold on, hold on now. But Jesus can. He said, I don't know it's Jesus. I said, I know, I can tell. 
but I'm here to introduce you to him. And I'm not afraid of you or your guns. Because I'm either going to make it out or I'm not. But either way, I'm good with it. But you ain't never faced that kind of a man. But today's a great day. So let's just look at each other like men. Let's sort this out. Because I'm not backing down from you. I ain't afraid of your witchcraft or your guns. So now what other kind of power you got? I say, you don't. But I do. Bring me the guy. So you bring this guy, right? And there's this crippled guy. He's deaf. He's, you know, you can tell he's been, uh, they showed me a couple of old bullet wounds. And, you know, he went through it, you know. Lost his family. I mean, it's a rough time for him. And I went over there. And, man, he was scared of me because I'm white. That's just how it goes. So I roll up on him, right? And I'm looking at him. And when I step toward him, whoo. He about passed out. I mean, he freaked out. But I took another step, too. And I reached and got him, picked him up by his shirt. I said, you got to chill out, son. Because I'm finna hold on to you. Because the Holy Ghost finna slap you in the next week. <laughs> and they all, nobody, nobody, none of them understand what I'm saying. Even the people with me, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, see, every one of you know how to speak Christian, right? Yeah, it's a language. You know how to speak it. I don't speak it like you. So you're almost bewildered at what I'm saying because I speak a different type of Christian than you do. And so I told him, son, you're finna get whacked. It ain't gonna be with no gun or machete. The angel of the Lord is going to thump you right. And I hope he hits me when he hits you. At least I can die asleep. Man, that Holy Ghost hit that guy, y'all. His, his crippled hand, I mean, when, the whole, when, when he got hit, it was like electricity. Zoop! He went, his hand straightened out. And when the hand straightened out, Everybody, jump, me too, jump back. <laughs> all of us. And all of a sudden, I said, what happened to him? And he turned and looked at me. He heard me. And the wish doctor said, tell me how you did it. I said, I told you, it ain't me. His name is Jesus. <laughs> and you know what happened? All the witch doctors in that refugee camp came and got saved. Oh, so to me, I see starting churches easy, you see. Whereas you stumble at even the idea of how much the plane ticket costs just to get there. Hello? Because your mind is monetary mammon, it's not Holy Ghost and fire. Because the price is not relevant. That man getting healed and saved is relevant. Hello? I said hello. Okay. So we're on different, we think different. What I, we speak different, and so the results are different. It was, it was so nice because it ends up that the, uh, the, uh, the, the head witch doctor there, uh, he had a heart 
a, a hole in his heart and whenever, whenever the guy that got hit with the thing got healed, he got healed. He, his heart got fixed. Ever how holes get fixed? We had them all checked. Doctors came and it was nice. So are y'all in Psalms 23 yet? Y'all seem slow. Are y'all over? <laughs> Holy Ghost. <laughs> okay. All righty. I never did ask Brother Daniel how much time. I, for, I forgot to ask him that question. What are we? We good? Oh, well, now. So we'll do Psalms 23 and see how we go. All right. There is like four or five chapters here, but I don't think I'll make it. So there's a, uh, promised you a video, didn't I? Last night. You don't remember? Yeah, that's right. See, smarter than I look, aren't I? I remember it. I was looking for you a while ago and I had them, they're going to put it up in a minute. I want you to see it for yourself. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. I want you to see it for yourself. Okay. And then if I remember, remind me to read you the, the message. They sent me a message after the miracle. It's really quite awesome. Because the old lady that got healed, she said, when's Brother David coming back? They said, well, we're working on it. Well, I owe him a kiss. So I got to go back to Chicago. I got to get me a kiss. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Y'all good? What if I'm right? What, what if we can get past hate? Not by ignoring it, uh, but just not involving yourself in it. Because for that stuff to work, it has to happen with somebody receive it and have a rebuttal. Then it creates the fight. But if you don't, then it's a, somebody shoots. Well, I mean, you might get hit, but uh, you'll get over it. <laughs> Won't you? Say yes. This is where you say yes. 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 Thank you, finally. Thank you. Verse one, y'all there? Amplified version for me. The Lord, say it, is my shepherd. You know, a shepherd don't mind you eating and cutting up a little and being fat and all these things. Just mind you, minds if you get off the trail and you fall and hurt yourself where you can fix, he had to fix you up. You have to allow a shepherd in your life. And I allow God to be my shepherd. Say it. If you want the benefits of the power of God, you have to let him shepherd you. Do you hear me? Okie dokie. Look what it says in Amplified. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Why? What for? To feed, guide, shield. Say, I want to be fed. Say it. I want to be guided by the Holy Ghost fire. I want the shield of faith to protect me. In Jesus' name. It says, I shall not lack. Say, lack. Get out of my life. In Jesus' name. 
I live in the land of plenty. Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm having you confess this stuff because when you confess the word of God, it activates the energy of heaven. And it allows stuff that's dormant to be activated to come to you. That's why I read so many chapters in the Bible every day and I, I got up this morning early, I was reading, uh, my Bible's going, my wife's trying to sleep, Kate, cause I'm up. And that's all right. It says right here, verse two, he makes me to lie down, say, I'll let him make me, say it. I want to lie down, I want to. I want fresh, green, I want nice, I want it. But to get it, I have to obey the shepherd. Look what fresh, tender green, all right, yeah. He leads me beside, look, like in a couple of days, I'll be back at our office. There's a, there, my wife has fixed up a location that is for me, green pastures and still water. And she protects me where I, can, where I can sit in the calm and the quiet, just if I want the lights on or off, doesn't matter. And, and it's beautiful. She, she, she helps me restore. It's, it's amazing how she takes care of me. That's why y'all see me nudging up to her a lot, because I like it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let me do it again. Woo. Okay. I want you to look at verse three. You see how much fun I have, right? And I know you're not used to guys like me playing like that and carrying on, but they're wrong, I'm right. It's right to be full of the joy of the Lord and be a blessing and show that the marriage can work on a longevity term and you can work things out and it will benefit everybody. Do you hear? Okay. It's not a show. I, I'm this way with her when it's just us. You can ask her. She won't say nothing, but <laughs> but I will. She likes my playfulness. Says he refreshes. Say, I want to be refreshed. You notice I brought that up last night. Refreshed. I want it. Well, I Whenever I go ahead and run a marathon, boy, it depletes me. I mean, uh, I mean, it's annoying how it depletes me. I figure I should be able to do it and it not deplete me, but it does take its toll on me anyway. Like last, when I ran uh, month, last month, uh, uh, I ended up, this, this first time in a long time, but I had six really big blisters. And I'm the guy that takes my pocket knife out and punches holes in it, put my shoe back on and keep going. That's me. Okay, and I know that don't go well with none of you because you don't do stuff. You want everybody to do it for you. That's called entitlement and that is demonic. Just soldier up and let's go and hush. Quit your whining, let's do it, come on. But I'll sit there and here's that woman again, she'll have me because I like oatmeal and grits and things like that. Man, she'll come in there and she'll give me a list and I just look at her because I don't ever say nothing. 
But she's always, you know, this little, what do you want? Huh? How can I fix it? Huh? You're that kind of person. And I just look at her. Okay, I'll surprise you. That's every time she says that. She comes in there and, oh, it's always this perfect. I'm just bragging on you, you hear me? Do you like it? Okay, then I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep doing it. <laughs> you see how our relationship is, right? Because it's, it's nice. And then I'll sit there. Next thing I know, if the kids are around, they'll all, like my, my granddaughter, Cody, where's she at? There she is. She always tells me, I have to see and make sure it don't have any poison, Papa. Go, 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 go. <laughs> but she don't stop with one spoonful. <laughs> Just eats right off my plate with my spoon. <laughs> She'll pick up my drink. I got a taste to make sure it's no poison, Papa. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I think it's awesome. But, but when, when you've depleted yourself like that, and, and that first, that hot food, and that, it, you can feel it all the way down, restoring you refreshing you, bringing energy back to depleted, resource, uh, depleted resources. I like that. Say it. I want to be refreshed. Say it. I like restoration. Say it. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. Restores my life. Say, I want my life restored. Because some of you in here have made some bad decisions. Uh, and I'm here to help you make better decisions. It's called Jesus. Uh, I've personally made, during probably, I don't guess, we was talking about it not long ago, I don't guess it's more than a dozen, maybe less, maybe 10 decisions we've made that are different than yours, but they turn out over time to be really significant. But you have to hold those decisions, see? Regardless of what's coming at you, you have to hold. I'm also a bicycler, right? I like to get out there, buddy, pump out 100 miles. I like it, right? Okay, but, but to be a good biker, you have to learn to hold your line because there's every kind of obstacle out there. And so that transfers over. That's what the Holy Ghost is for me. I have to hold my line. I have to, if I want the goal that I've set, I have to hold the line for my life to be restored and blessed and refreshed. Are you hearing me? This is some good counsel I'm giving y'all. It sure does work. All right. He leads me. Say, I want to be led. In the paths of righteousness. Say, I want to walk in right standing with God. Say it. I want to walk in uprightness. Say it. And that, that's, I walk, y'all, my posture is good because my mama, who, by the way, is 100 years old and healthy, don't look like she's ever dying. So that means I might live forever too like her. It, but she, when I was a kid, she made us do the right amount of chews on our food and the right posture. So you see, I got good posture. It's mama. I want to walk in the uprightness. Hear me? Say it. I want uprightness. Say it. Yeah. I want right standing with him. Say that. 
See, you and I, possibly being humans, we will fall out. If we walk more than two feet together, we're probably going to disagree. But you can't disagree with the shepherd. He's the boss. Your entitlement and opinion are not valid with him. Jesus is king. Okay. All right. It says right here, not, here's what I want to key on just a little because I don't believe in works mentality salvation. I do believe because I'm saved, I work willingly for the kingdom. I do believe that. But I don't believe that earns me any standing or proper uh, ideas with the Holy Ghost. I don't believe that. And look what it says, not for my earning it, but because of his namesake, which is Jesus. All right? You hear me or not hear me? Yea, though. All right. So most, like I just spent some time in this sunless valley of death. Uh, boy, it's scary. Like I got a phone call not long ago and uh, there was an uprising where we were going. Uprising meaning people being killed. And they said to me, what do you want to do? Well, the way I view life is I need to go as close as I can to the uprising without causing another uprising and getting people killed because of my aggression. So I said to him, you sort it out, but I want to get as close as I can without getting anybody hurt. And I want, I want it to be public as possible. And so they said, fine, we'll do it. So we go there and literally people uh, in the family of people who were murdered yesterday were at the service. You, you, have, you, you have to hear me. I, I'm, not overly, uh, I'm not overly valiant or uh, I feel the same fear everybody else does, right? But I just believe evil is wrong. And even though I do feel fear, I think it's right for me to address it with faith. Okay? That's what I'm trying to say here. Yea, though I walk through the valley, the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death. Say this with me. Shadow of death. Shadow of death. Get, out. Get out. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Uh, and I wish you to see that you ought to, there was like four people came and got saved. We had a big uh, fiesta. Uh, we had a service. Uh, wow, it was nice. Nobody got hurt. Not our people. So it was nice. Here's why. Ready? For you are with me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. You're with me. And I believe you. Say it. So I resist evil, say it, in Jesus' name. I resist fear, I resist doubt, I resist unbelief, and I call on mercy. Shalabah. You are with me, say it. Your rod, thank you God for the rod of God. Shalabah. Moses had that rod in his hand. He was up against it. Boy, there was an ocean on one side and an army on the other. And boy, it looked kind of difficult for him. And everybody was fussing at Moses. What are you doing? Bring us out here in this 
daggum desert to die. We, at least we had cabbage soup back there in prison. That's not an option. Do you hear me? The option is the rod of God. It says in my Bible, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. Comfort me, O Lord. Say it with me. I receive the comfort of the Lord. Say it. In Jesus' name. Do, do you see how, you can tell I believe this. You, can, you know, I'm just comfortable, I'm relaxed, and it's gonna work out. You just gotta keep walking forward, that's all. It's not hard to understand. <laughs> it is hard sometimes. Y'all don't know this, because I didn't say nothing yet, but I just went to Cuba. Just got back a couple of weeks ago. Yep, it's illegal for Americano to, they wouldn't sell me a ticket from the United States, so I had to go to Mexico to, to, get, to get me a ticket. So fortunately, I live in Mexico. <coughs> so, and so I'm standing there. This is, I apologize to all of you, but we don't, like I said, we don't believe the same, so we don't speak the same Christian language. And I'm standing there, and there's the immigration, the, the, the Cuban, boy, they, the, there's trouble between the Cuban government and the American government. You hear me? I mean, those people are, it's pretty close to war all the time. And so I'm standing there, and, and I'm watching this, <clears throat> this immigration officer. It's a lady. So he's up there, and she says, what's your purpose for being here? Okay, now. This is where I have to lie. Do you understand me? It is against the law to preach the gospel, an American in Cuba. Well, I'm looking at her. And I'm going to tell her I'm here to win souls. That's how it's going to roll out. So I go, and she goes, wait a minute. I know your name. I said, Probably somebody else. <laughs> I said, I've never been to Cuba. This is my first time. She said, hold on a minute. I said, oh, no, 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 no. We're good. We're good. Here's my, I bought this $40 visa in Mexico. It's, it's a tourist thing. She said, I'll be right back. Oh. Hell, I'm fixing to get deported, be on international news. And she goes, she comes back. She said, it is you, isn't it? I said, maybe. <laughs> and she said, now watch. We have this prepared for you. I said, exactly what is it? She said, you're going to be here to raise the dead, right? <laughs> and I looked at her, I said, absolutely. I said, but, you know, it's all in Spanish, of course. I said, but how do you know that? She said, because it says it right here on this visa, that you're going to raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and cast out devils. I said, I'm in. She said, you have, listen, this is the Cuban government. You have the right to win the entire nation of Cuba to your God. I said, thank you. 
Y'all, I don't know what you know about miracles, but I was sneaking in. Ain't no sneaking in. Y'all, we had it. I, was, I preached for three days and we had, uh, I think it was 67 uh, Cubans got saved. And there were 27 miracles the first two days. Doctor, bonafide, doctor verified stuff. I'll tell you about some of them. God, just, I like this. Let's read it one more time. Ready? Yea, though, say it. Yea, though, I walk through the valley. I will not fear any evil because you are with me. It's your rod. It's going to protect me. And your rod, your staff, it will guide me. See, the whole time I was trying to figure out my wife and I, we couldn't get a clear answer on whether I was even supposed to go or not because of the hate and the violence and everything that's out there between governments and so forth and the propaganda that everybody's got. And, and, but as soon as I get there, the lady hands me a full-on one-year visa to preach that Jesus is king. What the? I don't even know if I had enough money on me to buy it if it was offered. That's, that's amazing. Your God wants this job done. Do you hear me or not hear me? You got to let him do that. Trust him. Believe him. Dude, I, I was still debating even when I went and sat down on, on my seat going from La Ciudad de Mexico up to Habana. I was still wondering if I was supposed to be on that plane. But when she handed me that visa, I got over that quick. <laughs> it was beautiful, y'all. And, and they said, we're going to let you work, now watch this, with the marginal people. Do you know who that is? That's the most poor, that's nobody. And that's like throwing the rabbit into a briar patch. Done me a favor now. And they love me so much. I, I, I'm, I am, I'm going back as soon as possible. It's going to be so awesome, y'all. People are just healed. Everybody. Just, all I got to do is touch them. It's just amazing. <laughs> I like that. Can you tell yet? <laughs> so I know you already settled it. You're going to another conference where you can sit and soak for hours and hours. But I, I need you to squeeze that little sponge out a little. Use that stuff. Find you a hate event and just go do it. <laughs> just go there and just tell them how awesome Jesus is. Just let that hate just suck some of that energy out of you. And it'll go straight at them and heal them. You hear me? And you know what I am? I'm right about this. Shabbat. Okay. Let's do something else. What are we going to do? Um... Oh, here, we need the table for sure. Verse five, 
It says God prepares. When has God ever lied? Do y'all know? Never. When, is, when God does something, do you understand? He throws a pretty big party. Do you understand? He thinks it through. There are no details left undone. When it says you, that's talking about God the Father. You got to understand now what I'm saying to you. Prepare a table before me. All right, I'm in the presence of, you know, American enemies. They're not my enemies, but that don't matter. My passport says something else, right? Okay, so in the, I mean, they hate you, boy. It's scary how people can hate, but it's also frightening how this table is prepared and right in front of them, and you just sit and look at them, and it, you want know, something to eat? It's pretty good. It's eternal, and it's a God gift, and it don't ever run out. Just keep on eating. You prepare, say, I want it prepared for me, say it. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint, say, I want to be anointed. My head with oil, say, I want it. I want my cup full. So I noticed y'all like the soaking. I like the soaking. You see me in here soaking with you. That's great. But what's it for? So you can real quick run full cupped to another conference and get some more soaking? Are you serious? Go dump it out somewhere. Throw it on somebody. Get them. Holy Ghost. I built a prayer center. It's like four times the size of this room. Maybe more. It's just so that I can go in there every day at four o'clock and don't anybody, and it's mine, and nobody can tell me I can't. And the music, the Bible's up so loud, it hurts your eardrums. And I just go in there and just sit every day. It's beautiful. So, table, say I want it. Anointing, say it, I want it. I want my cup full, say it. Now let's jump to verse six. It says these words, surely, say, I believe surely, say it. It is a fact for me, say it. Surely, or only goodness, say goodness, I believe you. See, I don't believe like you. I don't believe in luck. I believe in goodness. And there's some harsh things. Like my wife and I were driving out of Mexico a while back and a cartel attacked us. I look back and Ms. Hogan's got five AK-47s at her temple. Where's my 44 Magnum? I don't have it. I gotta save her. Can't, you can't save her. But we were rolling really slow, probably five or eight miles an hour, and I hit the brakes, and she didn't look. 
She told me, I'm not even going to look at the enemy. I'm going to only follow you in Jesus. That was her response to me. So she's not looking at the guns. She's looking at me. And I hit the brake. She saw it. They didn't. The car that the bad guys are in kept going and come up to my window. Now I'm looking at five guns. I mean, right down the barrel. Say what you want, but I'd rather me get shot than her. That's just how it gotta, it's got to go that way. I take the first bullet. Say it. Say it right now. I take the first bullet. I need to speak courage into you. You hear me? It's important. Because to me in my world, she's valuable to me. More than my own self. And so I'm looking, I'm looking at him. I'm not like her. I'm looking straight at him. I don't have a gun. Wouldn't have done any good. I could have never got it up. I'd have never got it up. And all of a sudden this guy, good looking guy, handsome Mexican. Boy, he was smart looking. He was dressed real nice. He goes, what you doing? Perfect English. What you doing, boy? I said, in perfect Spanish. No se preocupe en lo que hago. Don't worry about what I'm doing. He said, well, why are you here? I said, aquí predicamos un Cristo resucitado. I said, here we preach a Jesus raised from the dead. He said, are you crazy? I said, pues, tal vez. Maybe so. <laughs> he said, well, I'm not going to kill you. I said, gracias. <laughs> he said, follow me. I, thought, I didn't know what he was doing. So the, the people that rolled up, it was three of these uh, Fast and Furious cars. They, they had at least 1,000 horsepower apiece. I mean, you're not getting away from them. You can hear them for a mile, you know, Full of guns. I mean, it's scary. It's what it is. Shadow of death in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> yeah. You see how I seem touched? It's when you go through this stuff over and over and over and you keep seeing the same results of mercy and goodness. It, it affects you. It does, it affects you. And I want it to get on you. I want goodness on you. I don't want you confronting AKs. That's scary. But I do want goodness on you. you hear me? So we just followed him, right? So one, one car bailed. Now you got one in the back, one in the front. I'm following the, the commandante guy. And we're hauling, we're doing about 100 kilometers an hour, 62 miles an hour. We're going. All of a sudden he turns off at this ranch and I'm sitting there and I go, he said, don't come on this ranch. He gets out. Here's what he did to me. And if you Latinos in here, you'll understand this. He said, gracias por su Cristo. And that backwards hand is an endearing thing 
You want that. You don't want the front hand. You want the back hand. <laughs> and he said, thank you for your Jesus. I said, gracias por mi vida. He said, orale. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. Orale. <laughs> yeah, something, huh? Listen. We left there, went straight, got into Matamoros, and there's three running gun battles. The Marines are running with fighting the cartels in public. I don't know what to say to you. Let me read it to you one more time. Surely and only goodness, mercy and unfailing love. Say it with me, unfailing love. You have a house to live in. And his name is Jesus. It shall follow me all the days, say all the days of my life, every one of them. I have goodness, I have mercy, and I have unfailing love. Say it's mine. And I'm cashing them tickets in regularly. But I like it. See, I, I don't know. It's just something that, I don't know. It feeds me. I don't know what it does, but it, gosh, I like it. It's so scary. Look what it says. And though through the length of my days, say, I'll do it. Through the length of my days, say it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence. See, it's right to me what the way you're going about it, the presence of the Lord, you're, the soaking. I'm not against, I'm, I do that. I, I do, that's all I do. But when I walk out, it's wartime, Jack. Showtime, boys. Pull the sword. <laughs> yes, sir. The house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Say, I'll do it. I'll seek the Lord holy and I'll bow to his mercy. See, there's only one thing that I'm looking for in life, me. I don't do the fame thing. You're not gonna find me on the internet anywhere. Somebody else posts if it's posted, the hate and the positive. You'll, you'll see it out there, but it's not us. I don't even have those accounts. I don't do twit. I'm not a twit. I don't twit. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but it's pretty valid. I don't do that. So, Holy Ghost. There's one thing, y'all, probably more than all, even Ms. Hogan, the work in Mexico, the brothers, I'm not going to leave them, staying with them. Uh, but there's one thing that's got my attention, it's finding the feet of Jesus. So, so what if one of these days I bow, right, and I spread out before heaven? And I'm there for hours. And all of a sudden, what if he comes? What if, what's that going to be like? What if, what if? 
What if I'm right? I am. I've seen him a couple of times. He's pretty elusive. But I got a glimpse of him a couple of times. Sure is nice. He shot me once and he came in there and touched me and I got to look at him right in the eyes. It's pretty nice. He healed me. That's why you see me healed. I'm healed. Because Jesus likes me. I'm his favorite. (laughs) Say it. I'm favorite. With the Lord Jesus. Say it. Okay. So what happened was we got invited up to uh, uh, Chicago, uh, Illinois. And uh, so it was cold. Oh, my gosh, it's cold up there. You come from Mexico, you know, it's 100 degrees every day. And you get up there at Chicago, it's cold. The reason they call it the Windy City. But it was, it was surprisingly cold uh, because of one of those fronts come out of Canada, right? And so it's snowing. And so it's 25 degrees. And so I told my wife, how much clothes did we bring? Let's put them all on. <laughs> What's the name of that show where they put on all them clothes, that fella? Cool Runnings. Were they from Jamaica or somewhere? And they went... That's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But that's how we were doing. We were putting all our clothes on. And so, now it was cold. It was offensive. It was big old wet snow. You know, it was cold now. And it was like 20 miles out in the country. It's cornfields. Of course, that's all there is over there. So we get out there, you know, and it's a barn, right? There's about 400 people stuck up in that barn. And uh, so I'm, I'm in there, you know, and it's, it, with all the bodies, it's, it's, it's warmer, you know. So, <laughs> so then this lady comes in in a wheelchair with this, look, this woman looked dead to me. We've been to see it in just a minute. She look, she'll look dead to you too. She, but she's got the Parkinson's and the Alzheimer's. Hear me? And I've been around this a lot because that's what I do. I do this right here every day. And so I attract hurting people. See, that's a good testimony, y'all. That's the testimony you want. You want to be a basket case fixer. That's what you want to be. All right? And so they push up this lady and she's a Puerto Rican, so it's all Spanish. So that's fortunately, I speak Spanish. So she, she comes up there to me and she goes, mi mamá está muriendo. And I'm looking at her, you know. And I said to her, parece que está muerta. She said, she's dying. I said, well, she looks dead. And she's going to look dead to you too. And so the, the daughter says to me, any Parkinson's, any Alzheimer's. I said, oh, those don't have a cure. She said, yeah. But your Jesus can do it, right? I said, yes. I said, now whether he does or not, I don't know that. But I know he can do it. So I kneeled down there. Would y'all run that uh, video, the one with me and that... uh, orange shirt 
Turn up the noise, will you? We, we're praying in Spanish. You won't understand it, but Nemo, though. Okay, put the put the the orange shirt thing. There she is. Here, put that one at the top. Turn that thing on. Fill in, fill in, fill in. While they're, is it going? Okay, it's up there. You need to rerun it, Corbin. Here, I'll take a drink while I'm waiting. Y'all okay? Fortunately, I don't get embarrassed. Because to me, it's a waste of energy. Why should I care what you think? My wife, boy, she turns red. God, that woman. I tell her all the time. I can, okay, here we go. Boy, I like my job. <laughs> so here, Jody, take this. Sorry, y'all. Excuse me. I have to take this. So <clears throat> that's my Harley. Harley, my Harley motorcycle, phone call. Like I said, I don't speak y'all's language. I'm a Harley guy. <laughs> Enough said. Okay, so that's all we did. We just laid hands on this old grandma with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So like four, could have been a week, but I think it was like four days after we was at that, in that barn there. Uh, in the snowstorm and free, they brought that old woman out in that snow, y'all. Y'all call it hunger. I call them knuckleheads. She's already dying, I guess. I don't know. See, they believe God in me, see? And they heard that noise upstairs. So they went up there. And there's grandma on the bed, jumping up and down. Now go to that one in the hallway with the little old grandma on the walker. The picture. All right. There she is the day she got healed. Okay. Wait, he's got my phone. Hey, come back here. I got, I got to show her that message. Um. And that little old lady right there, I'll tell you, she likes me. Because her life was over, I didn't tell y'all, she's 84. And every one of you give up on these old people. And, and they're a lot of trouble. And they get these incurable diseases. Well, I just don't agree with any of that. You hear me? I said, do you hear me? Here, bring me that phone, boy. I got to show her this message. Everything all right? All right. Let me see if I can find this thing right here real quick. I want to show you this. Uh... Hold on a minute. 
You shouldn't be in so much of a hurry. Now, there, here she is a week after when she went to the doctor. She's eating. Her appetite is back. That's her and her, her daughter. And you see, she's old. She should move on. That's true. But see, Jesus healed her of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. See? And she wants to give me a kiss. So I'm going to get a kiss from her. We got this, baby. In Jesus' name. You hear me? All right. I wanted to show you that. Because what she looked like in that chair and what she looks like now ain't even the same human being. What she looked like in that chair was hell's advice. What she looks like now is God's advice. Okay? Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, healed. You got that? Stand up, please. You all right, Ma? Okay, though. So what do you want to do now, Jody? Because if I ask Brother Daniel, he'll say, do what you want. <clears throat> I'll tell you what let's do. If you have kin folks in your family that are, have incurable diseases, won't y'all come up here and we will lay hands on you on behalf of your family. Why don't you come up here? Or if you're in here and have... Uh, uh, what uh, um, medically is stated to be incurable. Of course, that's the devil. That's... Thank you. So just line up across there and we're going to walk down through there and touch y'all. Y'all good to play a little bit? And... All right. Thank y'all. I just... <laughs> I, I just like my job. Can y'all tell? I really have worked on it too. So what I want you to do is, Jody, uh, you and Cindy go in the back layer. I'll take the front layer and we'll just walk by and touch. Corbin, you take another layer. Where are you at? You here? Okay. So what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with you like I like to do. I like that you saw me last night. I just take somebody's hand and just hold them. Just look them in the eyes. Just hold them for a minute. Because what happens is this stuff, I don't hold my soaking. It goes to somebody else. Okay? So, y'all just chill. I'll come back. So, what I want you to do, they're going to do some tunes, okay? And we'll do a little soaking right here again. And uh, <laughs> I know it seems like I'm calloused a little bit, but you do this every day of your life. Some things are not necessary, and some things are. Hear me? So I just want you, I want you, you, I want your people healed. Because I'm into that. Now. I don't agree with y'all being run down the river by hell. That is illegal. Okay. So they'll get set up in just a second. We'll get some tunes going. So who, who kicked the soccer ball up there? 
Oh, that might be volleyball, huh? Well, whatever. My grandson really wants that. My great-grandson, he really wants that ball. He told my wife last night, just get a ladder and get it for me. (laughs) See, everybody wonders how I can get anything done because I just make fun of everything. I just play because my life is so serious and there's so much death. It's better just to be rejoicing and have fun. Sure is. Holy Ghost. Whoa. Man, they really gonna soak y'all. They cut the lights down. (laughs) Holy Ghost. So whatever it is that's affecting your family, I need you to speak its name out to the shepherd. And the rod of God come forward in Jesus name and protect and guide us okay in Jesus name go ahead and pray it out speak it out and I'm expecting us to get some miracles out of this deal Holy Ghost Holy Ghost y'all, Jody go ahead Corbin y'all go ahead pray on. me and Miss Hogan and Louise will grab this front line here where you want to start does it matter where we start All right, we'll go right here then.